Welcome to the Cisco Unified Communications podcast series for government. I'm your host, Brent Burns. Mike, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, how long you've been working with uh, government customers. I've been working here in Cisco Federal for the last 10 years at Cisco. When I came, we had uh, just gotten our first couple of phones. That We had two models, one version of Call Manager and one and a half video products. And now we have uh, eight, nine, ten models of phones, video inside a Call Manager, telepresence, the list goes on. The purpose uh, for you joining us uh, on the podcast series today is to discuss uh, security and unified communications. I know this is a a big topic and one that you have expertise on. Where where should we start? We all know that IP infrastructures are a terrific target for attack, and IP voice and video systems are no different than the rest of the IP network. It's yet another uh, target on your back. So putting a voice over IP, video over IP system together, um, it's going to be just as secure as the rest of the infrastructure. And it is actually pretty secure. The solution that we see today is not just voice over the Internet. It's voice and video and data collaboration, all revolving around our product, Cisco Unified Communications Manager. And um, this replaces the traditional enterprise PBX. It's a server that runs on Windows or on Linux, and it serves up all the applications that you need in order to deploy throughout an entire enterprise voice and video down to the desktop for all of your users with all of the features that you get in a traditional PBX. So it's not just that point-to-point audio over the Internet anymore. We, we have so many more features than that, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of features completely replacing the PBX. It's also much more secure than the voice over the Internet. We're putting it on a separate network, a separate Layer 2, Layer 3 enterprise infrastructure. Then we layer on top of that all sorts of bells and whistles to further lock down the system to prevent it from attack, either from inside the enterprise or from outside the enterprise. Mike, I've certainly heard from government customers on occasion over the years the perception that IP-based communications solutions are less secure than traditional or legacy systems. How do you address that? I don't think that a IP communication system can be any less secure than a traditional PBX. A traditional PBX and an IP communication system are uh, hand-in-hand very similar. They are both a, a program, they're a system that was created by engineers, and they both need to be secured. And just like a traditional PBX, there are many features inside the Cisco Unified Communication System that we have today that can lock this thing down very, very tightly. It's all about having a consistent approach to security throughout the enterprise. What are the, what are the key areas for government customers to secure their unified communication solution, Mike? So there are four basic key areas they can look at. Infrastructure, call control, applications, and endpoints. This is uh, clearly a broad topic. Let's uh, take these one at a time. Uh, in summary, what are the key methods that we need to address to secure our unified communications infrastructure? So at Layer 2, Layer 3, the switching in the routing that you buy today from from Cisco already has many features inside it that can help you lock down your UC deployment. I'm just going to point out two of them here. So the first one is access control lists. Everyone knows access control lists. They've been around in iOS since longer than I can remember. And you can use these at the access distribution core switches from Cisco to restrict traffic from going from one VLAN to the next, to keep 
voice in the voice VLAN and non-voice traffic from getting into that voice VLAN. So by keeping everything segmented, that gives you some real security right there. The second thing they can do is just create voice and data VLANs. If you have a PC at your desk plugged into the back of the phone, the switch port in the back of the phone, you already have a separate VLAN for the data coming from the PC and the voice going into the phone and up to the access closet. So the person at that PC can't actually get to the phone or the rest of the UC infrastructure. So by creating VLANs, one for voice and video and one for data, it keeps these two things separate and more secure. The second area that you mentioned was uh, call control. And I, I imagine securing call control has to be important. Uh, based on your experience, what are the key considerations in that area? Cisco Unified Communications Manager comes with a number of features already built in. There are some optional ones that you can take advantage on top of those. Um, for instance, we have some optional OS scripts that you can run from the installation CDs. There are some features inside of Call Manager, like, for instance, class of restriction, which you can apply to search, calling search spaces and partitions in Call Managers, which restrict certain classes of users um, by disallowing them from transferring a phone to a long-distance number. Um, trunk-to-trunk transfer restrictions, which keep people from uh, transferring to external trunks out of Call Manager. These are, are features that the administrator inside of Call Manager can take advantage of. And then there are applications that we load onto Call Manager, such as Cisco Security Agent. So Cisco Security Agent is a widely available program that we bundle with Call Manager that keeps non-voice and video applications from even launching on the call manager itself. So for instance, if a virus tries to launch itself on the server, the Cisco security agent will see that this is not an allowed program and will terminate the executable from actually running on the call manager server. During our uh, Unified Communications podcast series, as, as you know, we spend quite a lot of time discussing the impact of applications for Unified Communications. How do we secure these applications? I think the best way to secure these applications is to make them part of your overall UC solution. Don't segment them into a silo run by different people with different backgrounds. Have them all part of and attached to your unified communication strategy. Make them part of the whole program. The fourth area that's important to consider is uh, endpoints. How do we secure phones and devices like soft clients? So the phones, the hard phones from Cisco, are already pretty secure. They have a hardened OS. They have digitally signed certificates inside of them, and we transmit the OS from the server down to the phone encrypted. I think the big thing that people don't take advantage of is the encryption that we offer on the phone itself. Cisco IP phones come equipped with AES 128-bit encryption to a standard called SRTP, the Secure Real-Time Protocol. We're definitely seeing an acceleration in the adoption of video. Is there a way for us to include video devices in our security approach for unified communications? Absolutely. The big thing we've done is taken video and made it part of our overall UC strategy and allowing us to take advantage of all the investment that we've put into UC security inside the enterprise. Now video is a component of Call Manager. We have many video where clients and even a hard video phone 
Telepresence, of course, is another SIP device run by call manager. Um, a, a thing that we really haven't mentioned is firewalls, right? Firewalls are voice and video aware. They can dynamically open and close for video calls as well as voice calls. So we've brought all these things into the same voice video VLAN as the rest of our unified communications deployment. Conceptually, Mike, what you're talking about makes a lot of sense. How much of what we've been discussing is theory and how much has been tested and validated by the government? So, um, of course, agencies have to scan our systems in order to make sure that they're secure. And they've already been validated on all kinds of secure networks throughout the federal government. So it's been validated. The work has already been done. And we certainly clear the, the highest bar that the government has set for us. Can you share an example of how a hypothetical government customer secures UC today? So broadly speaking, they're planning the direction that they're going, they're validating that in the lab, they're deploying it throughout the network with a broad approach, touching all the different aspects of networking, layer two, layer three, and the rest of the UC deployment itself. And then they are from time to time auditing their own approach and making sure that administrators are adhering to, to the plan that they originally had. As always, thank you for your valuable insight, and thanks for sharing your time today. Thanks, Brent. Thank you for joining the Cisco Government Unified Communications podcast series, and a special thanks to our guest, Mike Hartree.